Welcome to the College Playbook with Cousin Dami and Friends, a guide for Black college students by Black college graduates, covering all the topics you would ask your favorite cousin. Join me, Cousin Dami, as I talk about the glows and lows of college with friends and some of my cousins who have made it over the hurdle and graduated as some of the first in their family to do so. Together, we share experiences, advice, and encouragement to help students win in college and beyond. Listen in and take what you need and send a message if you have questions. Let's go. Hey, everyone. It's Cousin Dami, and today I am super honored to welcome my good friend. We graduated from the same school. She is my soror, my big sis, and the first PhD on the show. I'm super excited, y'all. The doctor is in the building. (laughs) She is a licensed psychologist with a PhD from Howard University. I am beyond excited to capture her story and all of her greatness on this show today. Welcome, Dr. Linda. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am super excited to be here with you and super proud of you for launching this podcast. So kudos to you you. for stepping out and doing something, you know, that's in your heart to do. You're inspiring me. Listen, we're inspiring each other. I mean, I don't know if it'll come up later, but you just started your own practice, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, so, yes, yes. It's been about a year. That is awesome. So from mm-hmm. one adventurous dreamer to the other, <laughs> welcome. And Thank I you. see you. We see each other. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so today I want to be able to focus on both your undergrad and your graduate experience because I think that's going to be so important to highlight. Um, but first, we'll start with your undergrad. Can you share what school you went to and how you ended up there? Yeah, yeah. Um, I went to Ryder University, which is a small private school in central Jersey. And um, how I ended up there? Well, by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I barely made it there. Um, so I in high school, I did not do my best academically. I did not show up as my best self academically in high school Mm -hmm. um not because I wasn't capable but just because I just you know was was caught up with the freedom of high school you know Mm -hmm. when you get to high school you could kind of do whatever you want to do and I I went to Trenton High School which is you know in an urban area um in an area that's under-resourced and overpopulated so it was pretty easy to skip class and just hang out but the thing that saved me in high school was that um, I always did my work, you know. Mm. So even though I wasn't going to class, I would find myself turning in papers and showing up <laughs> for the exam. Right. And they'd be like, how did you get a B on this exam? <laughs> You've never been to the class. And I'm like, mm-hmm. So <laughs> wow. they, they just, you know, they gave me a passing grade. So I right. made it. Long story short, 12th grade year, I met Ruben Joyner who was oh, wow. at the time the director of EOP at um at Ryder. And um, I caught the attention of my English teacher because I wrote a creative essay for the school um, literary magazine. Mm-hmm. And so he said, if, you know, if I got honor roll, good grades for the rest of the year, my senior year, you know, he would see what he could do to get me in Ryder. Ryder was the only school that I applied to 
because I wasn't really thinking about going to college. It was like either I was going to go to Mercer County College like my mom Mm -hmm. or go to the military like my dad. Those were my options. I hadn't even considered four-year college until I met Ruben. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Wow. I did not know that story. Yeah. And so I'm assuming um, Ruben brought you in and you were in EOP. Mm-hmm. And so you had to start off in the summer through the EOP program, and then you transitioned to the general school year in September. Yeah, yeah. So college wasn't initially part of your plans. How did you feel once you got on campus, both in the summer and then in September when the general campus filled in? I think that's the thing that saved me, like going to college in the summer. I think if mm. I, I would have showed up in the fall, I probably you know, I probably would have been too intimidated. So, you know, in the summer program, they put us through like this really intense English course and a public speaking course and some other classes I can't remember. But it was the English course because I thought I was a pretty decent writer. Right. But we had to read Plato's The Allegory of the Cave. Wow. (laughs) And it was so complex. It was almost like I was reading a foreign language. So they, I was told... I was told that it was said about me that I wrote like a fifth grader. Hmm. And so, you know, once I heard that, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. Right. right. (laughs) So um, I think once I started getting like good grades, good marks, good responses, at the end of my freshman year, I was selected like one out of five people to read my my paper um, from the English course in front of a group of important people or whatever. Wow. And I made the, the local newspaper. And it was at that point that, you know, I was like, okay, I can do college. I think um, having that summer experience um, helped me to learn how to write like a college student. Mm-hmm. And everything else kind of fell into place. Right. And also when you go in the summer, like you're there with a group of people. And that's where I met my tribe. Exactly. All of my my friends that I was going to hang out with. So that helped me socially to um, adapt to college. Wow. So you literally your story, you said that you got into college by the skin of your teeth. But it sounds like um, from the moment you got in, everything kind of just really fell into place. I thought a couple of things as you were speaking. One of the main things that stuck out was the important of the importance of an opportunity, right? These are not necessarily things that you would have selected for yourself or even known to select, but because you mm. happened to meet Ruben, right? Because you were given that opportunity um, in the summer courses for EOP to get that extra support that really opened up the world to you, um, to really allow you to become your best self or to show your best self and to really develop into all that you can be, I guess, to really, to really support your potential. So I like how you said that, because that's pretty accurate. No one in my family attended four-year college. So I had no idea what college was going to be, um, what it was going to be like um, outside of watching television shows. And like, I really had no idea what I was getting myself into. And so to have the summer program kind of help um, boost me into college, I really felt like I had a point to prove because I did not do well as a high school student. So, you know, even though, you know, the writing piece kind of worked out for me, I still struggled like in my classes 
because many of my classes, I was the only black person in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So that was crazy for me. That was like culture shock for me, rather, right. because I, you know, coming from an urban school where predominantly black, there was probably one white student in my whole school wow. to then be in a classroom where I'm the only black person and rarely having a black professor. Mm-hmm. It was it was rough. And I think at the time um, we call it imposter syndrome. Right. That's what I was struggling with. My imposter syndrome at the time, I think it, it showed up as um, they're going to find out I'm a fraud. Right. Like they're going to find out I really don't belong here. <laughs> so I just really went above and beyond to make sure exactly. that I was getting good grades. Yeah, so. that's amazing. It, I know I already said this, but it's just amazing. Like it literally was in you. You just needed those opportunities, you know? It's amazing to me because I also think of the people who don't get that opportunity. Imagine if you had not. Like, you're straight up a PhD psychologist helping a ton of people. But, like, imagine if, like, you should have been in college, right? Like, this is what you should have done. But anyway. You know, I I talked to my mom about that the other day, how I behaved in in high school. Uh Like, she was, like, she was worried about me. Like, She was just like, I can't believe that you turned out the way that you did. Because she said, I know you had it in you, but you just Mm -hmm. were wayward. And I was, I was just so easily influenced by my friend group at the time. And I think for me, um, you know, freshman year, we were all there together, me and my friend group. Mm -hmm. Then sophomore year, some of them dropped out, but some of them were still there junior year even less and then senior year I was there by myself I was the only one left they had you know dropped out or went to job corps so I had no choice but to go to class (laughs) (laughs) wow that's amazing um okay so this is interesting so you went from college not necessarily being a part of your plan to earning a PhD what inspired you to earn a PhD? Well, I always wanted to be a psychologist. Um, okay. And that's the, only, that's the only way that I knew to become one. Um, I always wanted to be, you know, a therapist and then to be Dr. Terry. Like, what? <laughs> that's amazing. I'm, you know, the first person in my family to, to earn this degree and even get a master's degree or a, a bachelor's degree. Um, so for... It was more like a a challenge for me to let me see if I can get it. So, you know, Ryder was the only school I applied to for undergrad. The College of New Jersey was the only school I applied to for my master's degree. And Howard was the only school I applied to for my doctorate degree. (laughs) My mindset was kind of like, if I don't get in, then it's not for me. But this is this is the route that I want to take. So, wow, it was clearly for you each step was clearly for you. So that's awesome. Um, What do you feel like was your greatest asset in college? Mm, um, Honestly, I would have to say, and I I don't know if I knew it at the time, but I was really myself. Mm. Um, I think now I do a lot of impression management. Um, But when I was in college, I was raw raw and uncut. (laughs) 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 I was showing up as my authentic self all the time um not worried about having um a Trenton accent Mm -hmm. or not worried about like speaking improper English or whatever Mm -hmm. like you know I just showed up as me Mm -hmm. and so I think what that did was kind of separate 
my support, people who wanted to genuinely support me in college from those who didn't really want to mess with me like that. And, um, and, and from that, I was able to have a tribe of, of form a tribe or a good support network in college that really helped me to progress and graduate on time and stuff like faculty members, um, that I would go sit in their office and cry when I needed to cry or just be frustrated or vent, get some advice that became really, really important. And I think I was able to form those connections because I didn't know how to be anyone else but myself. Mm -hmm. So I just, I truly embraced, you know, who I was and, and I made so many mistakes and I think about like things I said and did in, in college, <laughs> just thinking I know everything. Um, but all of those things helped to form bonds with people that wanted to help me. Because I, I had like faculty and staff members that would pull me aside and say, uh, Linda, you need to stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and without that, you know, I probably would have got kicked out of school or something. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. But that's so important. Um, you talked about your grades in high school, now in mm -hmm. college. On a range of summa cum laude to cum sum laude, how well did you do <laughs> academically? Um, I did pretty well. Okay. Um, so I, I had motivation to do well. Um, my mom paid for the car insurance for my car. I had mm. saved up some money to get a car, I think my junior year or sophomore year, junior year. And um, she said, as long as you make um, dean's lists every semester, I'll pay for your car insurance. Wow. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I, I made sure that I made dean's list. So I graduated um, cum laude, the lowest one. Got it. But it's something. <laughs> yeah. Got yeah, it. yeah. I, but you know what? No one has ever asked me on a job interview, what's your, what was your GPA? Exactly. No one has ever asked. Exactly. So, you know, you get the grades for yourself long as you pass your classes and learn what you need to learn. But at the end of the day, I've never been asked <laughs> by a particular employer about my grades. Right, right. So. Um. You already talked about your mom um, using the car insurance as an incentive. That's awesome. Um, can you talk about your family support um, from starting an undergrad all the way to earning your PhD? Um, you know, it's just me and my mom, really. Mm -hmm. um, I'm an only child. And, you know, my dad, he was su supportive as far as, you know, what he can understand. He, um, His highest grade he completed, I think, was eighth grade. Okay. Um, so... When I went to college, they were excited. They were proud of me. Uh, mm -hmm. I think my dad took me to Sears and got me a computer. Like, wow. <laughs> totally supportive. Um, you know, anything. They, they were just really proud that, you know, their daughter was in college. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I graduated from school, you know, they were there excited. Now Absolutely. you're going to get yourself a good old job, get a good state job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, you know, I did that. I went into the workforce right. and got a job and was working and everything. But I also wanted to go back to school and get my master's degree. And uh, they, my dad, especially, he couldn't understand. 
why I needed a master's degree. I think he even said the thing like, what you think you're going to be my master? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, like, what do you need that for? All you need is that good government job. And then when I decided to go to Howard and leave my good state job, Mm -hmm. um, they were just like, what are you doing? Why are you going back to school? You need to stay in this pension plan and Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I, I, I had bigger, bigger dreams. So, um, but they were, you know, they were supportive in their way. Like my mom initially wasn't going to come to my graduation when wow. I finally graduated from my doctoral program, not mm-hmm. because she didn't want to be supportive, but she's like all the way to Washington, DC. I'll mm-hmm. catch it on TV. <laughs> I've come to a graduation already. Right. She's like, I've been to two graduations. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but she actually showed up. Wow. Um, she came. I, I didn't see her, though. I didn't get to see her, but she saw me graduate. She saw me get hooded. Awesome. And so mm. I, I'm happy that she that she got to see that, you know, but yeah. she doesn't have a cell phone to this day. Wow. And which is why we could not connect. Because, yeah. you know, she couldn't call me to let me know that she was there. She couldn't find me in the crowd. And I couldn't find oh, her. Wow. I didn't know she was there to look for her. Right. So, but I am, like, most proud that she was able to see me graduate. That um, is awesome. No, that's cool. That's awesome. And that's real. You know, I feel like, um, in a way, sometimes our family members, they they actually are trying to help us, you know, by giving us the real deal, you know, like that's true. It's like sometimes when they can't they if they've never experienced it, it's hard for them to see, exactly. you know, the fruits of it. Exactly. Um, so that's how that's how I kind of conceptualize it in my mind. Yeah. Like they don't understand. They don't get it, but they will get it when I'm done. Right. Um, but. You know, sometimes our families, they only know what they've been exposed to. Mm-hmm. So um, you just have to take some some of their advice with a grain of salt. Like you take what's useful. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if it's your dream to go to school, get higher degree, get graduate degree, and your family might not understand, but you made a way for you to make it happen, you have the means and you have the... the you know, the capacity to do it, then, you know, go for it. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to have should have, could have, would have, or, you know, always wondering what if, what if I had only done A, B, and C, you know? Yep. No regret. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you've already shared so much. Do you have any more advice that you would share um, on college, on graduate school, on success, anything? Um, The only thing I would say, because now as a as a therapist, I do work with um, college students as well. And I think it's, you know, after COVID, a lot of um, young people are now faced with anxiety like never before. Um, so and social anxiety too. So mm-hmm. I always try to encourage people to find their tribe because it can be very lonely and isolating. Like a lot of the cl- courses now are online. So um, if if a student has mostly online courses, they're not having any contact with other people. Mm-hmm. You know, during COVID, young people were 
at a stage in their lives where they were developing socially, it kind of stopped. And then when the outdoors opened, it was time for them to go to college. And so they're struggling. So I just like to encourage people to find their tribe, like find um, someone on campus that could be supportive, join student groups that resonate with you. Go to therapy if your school yes. offers, all the schools offer um, therapeutic services. Mm-hmm. Um, find a group, a group of people that's just like you or similar to you or going through something similar that you're going through and find support where you can. Because um, when you're doing things in isolation, it could feel lonely. And when you're feeling lonely and isolated, depression can creep in, anxiety can creep in. We all deal with these things. So just knowing that you're not alone um, becomes like an instrumental part of making it through college. Right. No, that's good. That's so good. Um, So final question. Do you feel that college was worth it? Mm, That's a hard question. Yes. I feel like (laughs) undergrad was worth it master's degree was worth and my doctorate degree was worth it too but my hesitation comes in with the um when I think about how much debt I'm in (laughs) right I have I have enormous enormous school debt um and I think it's because for me I didn't know how to navigate um, the scholarship process or to get graduate assistantships. I just was not really savvy with that. And I didn't really understand, you know, when you take these loans out, you know, the interest and, you know, the payment situation. I didn't understand that being like first generation. So I just kept taking out loans, 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 just making it through school, finishing school. And so that is one thing that I wish I would have kind of done a little different Mm -hmm. differently but other than that it was totally worth it totally worth it I have freedom and there's safety and freedom so like I I I don't I can do whatever I want to do now that I have my degree like no one can take that away from me right no matter no matter what happens on a job like you're not going to take my degree away from me and you can always use that degree to kind of pivot and go somewhere else and do other things. So there's exactly. there's freedom and safety in that. So to me, it was worth it. That's awesome. I continue to be amazed by your story because, like you said, college was not necessarily in your plans. And here you are, a psychologist offering such a critical role to so many different people. I just wonder what would have happened if you had not gone to college. But I also wonder about the number of people who are not able to get the opportunity because someone um, underestimated them. I feel like you were maybe under the radar for some time, right? But once you really started to know your own power and know your skill set, you kind of like became a butterfly. (laughs) And I just wonder how many other, you know, potential butterflies there are out there. And so my real hope for this podcast series and for this entire initiative is to help more caterpillars become butterflies, right? I feel like there are Mm -hmm. so many of us are caterpillars and we only get to that butterfly phase um, when that opportunity is there. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I just, I appreciate you sharing your story. Um, I think it was so powerful um, and I really hope that it touches others the way it touched me. So thank you, thank thank you you, you, for sharing. I really appreciate it.
Thank you so much. One little thing I want to say uh-huh. for those people who are caterpillars and didn't get that opportunity to fly. Yeah. Um, it's never too late. You know, exactly. um, I, I have friends that I graduated from high school with who are in college now. And so um, they're getting their bachelor's degree. They out here, you know, doing the thing that they wish they had the opportunity to do when they were teenagers, um, but didn't do it for whatever reason, whether it was they became mothers early or they had family stuff that they were working on or whether or not they had some run-ins with the law. These people are out here pursuing their degrees now. So it's never too late to to let your wings soar and, and find that passion project or that thing that you want to do. So No, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And actually that's a nice plug. We have um we have one or two speakers lined up who were adult students and they actually um did not go to college straight out of high school. They went and pursued other opportunities or um they had other things happen in life and they decided to go back and they finished. And so um that is absolutely true and important. Thank you. It is not too late. So thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the College Playbook with Cousin Dami and Friends, brought to you by First Draft, an initiative to increase the social capital of Black college students. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe, share, and leave a review. For more information, visit myfirstdraft.org. Go, go, go.